Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the Autistic Podcasters Network. Please consider joining the Autistic Podcasters Network on LinkedIn. Today's Autistic Moment is a free podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Thank you for joining me on this episode Unmasking Your Authentic Autistic Self. My guest is Eric Garcia. Please visit todaysautisticmoment.com where you can listen to the podcast, get transcripts, program updates, and read the guest bios pages. Please visit the updated future shows page with the titles, guests, and descriptions of all the shows coming up through October. The transcripts are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. The, the transcripts can be read and followed from the website, or you can click on the link provided to be taken to a written document to print and read it there. While visiting the website, please consider supporting the work of today's Autistic Moment with a financial donation or purchase an item from the Logo Shop. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Want to chat with me and other listeners? Join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel at Today's Autistic Moment to watch the most recent episodes of Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions. Please join my panelists and I on May 24th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time for Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions, How Autistics Define Success, on my YouTube channel at Today's Autistic Moment. Success is defined by a culture of ableism, sexism, racism, and the neurotypical majority. Success is measured and determined by capitalism and how much money one earns and or by the property we own. As autistics, each one of us decides what success means for our artistic identity and talents. Join the panel on May 24th to hear how the panelists define success as autistic individuals. In Eric Garcia's book, We're Not Broken, Changing the Autism Conversation, Chapter 6, Ain't Talking About Love, he wrote about his experiences and those of other autistics regarding dating and relationships. On page 140, Eric wrote, In short, masking and blending my autism makes dating difficult. I am used to hearing people say, You don't seem autistic. 
When I was younger, I took it as a compliment. After being teased and singled out for being strange, hearing I blended in was the highest form of praise because it meant I belonged. But now I resent the description because it means that I don't fit people's stereotype of autism. Trying not to, quote, seem autistic, end of quote, is a reaction to the fear of being caught, and that blending means you never know when to show your partner the real you. Following this first commercial break, Eric Garcia will talk about the incentives for masking and that self-acceptance is an important element to unmask. Please stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com. Click on the episode you want to listen to and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Does it feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, Looking Forward Life Coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With Coaching One-on-One, bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Garcia, welcome back to today's Autistic Moment. I am always so grateful when you come on to the show 
Uh, so welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome. You're welcome. Well, today I wanted to, we're talking about a really important topic, which is unmasking your authentic autistic self. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of conversations around about masking, unmasking, and I also like to talk about uh, being authentic as autistic people. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's so important that we kind of talk about that. So, um, so what important information do you feel we need our autistic adults and our supporters need um, to know about? When we talk about unmasking our authentic autistic selves, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, essentially, like I think, I mean, Devin Price has written a great book about this, Unmasking Autism. You should really have Devin on the show, on the show sometime. Um, He's talked a lot about the pressures that come with being autistic, the, the, the pressures that autistic people face. There are so many incentives to mask, whether it is pleasing other people, whether it's being, uh, whether it's avoiding punishment, whether it is gaining approval from our peers, whether it is um, uh, seeking, you know, having economic security. Like, I think it's really important to recognize a lot of people, excuse me, you, you know, uh, one thing a, a, people, a lot of people ask me about is like, uh, probably the most common question I get when I, when I talk about this stuff at, uh, on, on, you know, on the road is people ask me like, should I, how do I disclose that I'm autistic? You know, and I think that, like I said, well, it's really, really depends. Like, should you disclose or whether you want to disclose or not? But I think that there are so, like, for so many people, um, masking is really the only way you could make money. And we know how underemployed our community is, or, you know, we know how, uh, uh, we know how much unemployment affects the community. We know how much um, poverty uh, affects the community. So there, there, there are so many factors that push us to mask, whether it's our family relationships, interpersonal relationships, our relationships at work, our friendships, our romantic relationships. So unlearning masking is I think a constant exercise and is a constant practice because what you're essentially doing is you're trying to get at the center of what, of who you are when you take away everything else, all of those pressures. And it's really difficult and it's scary because you know, I'll, 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 I'll say this, and, and I'm, I'm talking too long, so forgive me. But, you know, I, I've, I've talked a lot about the fact that, uh, that I quit drinking four years ago, and I had to get sober. The funny thing, the thing that I thought about a lot when I, when I, uh, I quit all that stuff was, um, oh, 
am I going to be the same person that I was when I was doing all that stuff? You know, am I going to be, are people going to like me? Because all those things were things that I did to lower my inhibitions. Um, and I was like, oh, are people still going to want to be around me? Uh, and in the same way, it is terrifying to wonder, oh, like, what if people don't like the real me, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, Dr. Devin Price is actually going to follow you because he's going to be on my very next show about what successfully autistic and queer really means. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, I'm Pride so happy. Life. Yes. Yep. And then um, the other part is that um, a year a year ago, I had Lyric Homans, the um, neurodivergent rebel. And, and part of the masking yes. and unmasking piece is that we live in a world that's just not made for autistics. And so yeah. we tend to mask because we want to um, because we're trying to fit into that world, if yes. you will. Yes. Yeah. And part of the part of the thing is is that unmasking there's that risk there's a lot of risk yeah uh, uh, you know and, and it's interesting i think that were you in the middle of or no good so like i mean it's interesting right because like it's almost like so like lyric from what i understand and Devin, i think they were both diagnosed later in life or at least in adulthood um yeah uh and I know both of them. Um, I'm going to be on a panel with Devin in May at NYU. Um, but like, it's interesting because I think that like the late diagnosed autistic person, masking was almost the default, you know, because they didn't realize they were autistic. They just right. kind of were like, pop it out, you know, you know, and what's wrong with you if you can't fit in. And then I feel like the um, the early diagnosed autistic. So I was diagnosed like when I was like eight or seven or eight, eight ish, eight ish. Let's just settle on eight ish. Um, the uh, you know we spend we go through so many different. I was never put through ABA. Thank God I wasn't put through ABA. But um, there are so like there are so many treatments and therapies and things like that. And we're taught to like almost mask these deviant behaviors. We're taught all these different tricks or things like that. Or we learn that these things that make us us, um, you know, are things we had to suppress. So one way or the other, whether you had to mask like from birth or whether you had to, you learned how to mask, there are like, you immediately you immediately learn from a very young age um, that your behavior, the way you behave is an aberration, is a deviation from the norm. And what that does is it leads you to want to shrink yourself. It leads you to want to suppress these parts of yourself. 
So you unlearn a lot. So like, it's interesting because like, I didn't think about unmasking really until I got older, you know, and I met people like Devin and I read other, and I read a lot of literature about autism. I mean, I obviously knew I was on the autism spectrum at a very young age, but like, I didn't think about it until really I started writing about it. And what was funny is I think it's like, this, this is this is the, the analogy I always use. And I should, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things I think oh, I should have, I should have read this in the book, but I didn't, you know, uh, when I went to college, when I went to university, I didn't know the first thing about basketball. Um, and I'm just using this analogy, so bear with me a little bit. Uh, I didn't know the first thing about college basketball. Um, but I knew that I went to the University of North Carolina. I knew Michael Jordan played for UNC. So like, and I knew a lot of my friends liked UNC. So what I did is I started watching games with my friends, you know, people, my classmates, because I realized my friends liked it. And even if I didn't understand the first thing about, you know, what different positions there were or like what a one seed or a 16 seed was, I could almost mimic and mask and, you know, put on this performance that I cared about it, even because I knew that my friends cared about it and it was a way to make friends. And now I'm just thinking about this because right now we're, you know, the, the final four is this weekend, you know, um, I think to myself, a lot it's like do i really like college basketball or did i just get so into it because my friends liked it and at this point i'm so deep into it that i can't really undo it, it you, you know in, in, in the same way like uh i knew that like i wasn't very athletic growing up but i wanted to bond with my dad and so i got in the music that my dad liked and now it's like, uh, you know, I've been listening to music, playing music. I've picked up guitar largely as a way to bond with my dad because um, my dad was a drummer. Now it's kind of like, oh, do I really like this music or do I just like this music because my dad, uh, my dad liked it and my stepdad liked it. So, it, you know, it's so unlearning becomes or unmasking becomes this really complicated thing because then you almost kind of start to have to ask yourself, what part is me and what part is the stuff that I performed? And at what part do those two things start to blend? And it's a hey, really complicated yeah. thing. But, um, and so unmasking, um, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about the unmasking parts. Um, yeah. Because, um, Again, my conversation with Lyric Holmans about a year ago, um, <laughs> unmasking and coming out of the closet have a lot in common. And among those is that you're setting yourself free, but you're also, uh, as part of unmasking as coming out, you're also connecting with yourself as you truly are. And a lot yeah. of that comes from, comes from a learned self-acceptance. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, it comes from a learned self-acceptance and it comes from like, okay, these things that I thought were bad about myself or these things that people told me all the time were uh, were negative. They're just me. And hey. I think in a way, it really helps if you um, if you have people who can kind of lead you into that, you know? <laughs> Or can not necessarily even lead you, but kind of guide you through it or help you or help you through it. It's funny, you know, it's, it's like we all kind of 
we all have different people who have helped us learn that these things that we have are are not don't make us bad people but really just kind of are who we are and like this is how you work with it so i i i really uh I, you know it, it comes down to um unmasking is it comes through community i think in a lot of ways yes 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 it comes big time through community and it comes through other people affirming that these things that we thought were bad or made us kind of, uh, or we thought we were failures as humans. Right. It comes to unlearning that and realizing, no, this is a very common thing. And you shouldn't be afraid to present these parts to yourself. And now, you know, yeah. I think the other thing of it is, is that unmasking is not a uniform experience within any one person, because I think that there are people, look, neurotypical, because like, as I say, like neurotypicals mask too, you know? <laughs> you mask when you are talking with your boss, you mask when you are on a date, you mask when you are uh, going to a restaurant, you know? And one way, so I think that it, that unmasking has different gradations. You know, the the, the perfect example that I that, that I use all the time is that when I um, when I'm back in California and when I'm talking to my family, I talk about I talk in a way that is very different from the way I talk in Washington. You know, which is where I live, Washington D.C. Um, and I think that is very similar. Like I think when I'm around other autistic people or when I'm texting other autistic people or when I'm on a show like this, I talk in a very different way. Uh, and I behave in a very, I guess you could say a less guarded way than I would if I were among mixed company or um, almost an exclusively neurotypical crowd. And I, so I think that, I think there is something to be said about, you know, the point of self-acceptance, but also like we come to accept ourselves through finding other autistic people like ourselves and having those yeah. moments. Yeah. After this next commercial break, Eric will talk about the many individuals who have helped him unmask over the years and his process of unmasking throughout his career. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Hello, autism community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand 
what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based, a literal thinker, have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com. The Minnesota Autism Conference was a great experience. I am running a Minnesota Autism Conference sale for everyone through May 31st. Whether you attended the conference or not, buy a 16-ounce drinking cup for $7.55 including sales tax, shipping and handling not included, enter the code you will find at the logo shop on todaysautisticmoment.com and receive a 10% discount. The logo lapel pins are also being offered at the low price of $6.47 including sales tax. Shipping and handling is not included. Enter the code you find at today's autistic moment and receive a 10% discount. Hurry to get yours by May 31st to get these at a reduced cost. Please click on support today's autistic moment and make a donation to help this podcast stay on the air for autistic adults and their caregivers. Thank you for listening to and supporting today's autistic moment. As we work into what are the barriers for autistic adults to unmasking our authentic autistic self to continue what what we've already been talking about, um, one of those um, barriers happens to be the nonsense that's called theory of mind deficit. (laughs) Because what what you were just talking about a little while ago is, is something that's been said as we've been talking about unraveling that whole thing. When yeah. we are in the presence of other autistics, yes. we can be ourselves because we understand, you know, we understand yeah. each other, you know, and, and I've been talking with, with a lot of my guests and a lot of people that I do believe that there is an autistic culture and a language that is just unique to us. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's talk about things like that. Yeah. Um, there very much is an autistic culture. You know, John Marble, who I adore, was autistic and he was later diagnosed autistic. He likes to say that being autistic is a lot like being French, yeah. um, which is to say that a designer in Paris 
is going to be very different from a nun in Bordeaux, but also very different from a farmer in the Champagne region. But if they were all to sit down at a cafe in the Champs-Élysées, they would have a shared understanding of what it means to be French. In the same way, I think that it's funny because it's like, and and I've talked about this with a few other autistic people. Haley Moss is really the person who who hit me up to this, is that um, when we're moving through the world with neurotypical people, no matter how much we mask, no matter how much we are suppressing ourselves, we still speak neurotypical with an autistic accent, so to speak, you know? And I think that when we unmask, cause like, I think a lot of times, I think, I think back to a lot of, the other part about unmasking is, is unraveling previous experiences or past experiences that we thought about right. or, 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 or misconnections or times when we messed up or we supposedly messed up or we thought that we were abnormal or we embarrassed ourselves or we embarrassed others or others said that we embarrassed them. That's also part of uh, unmasking. And we, we feel very embarrassed that our autism uh, creeped out almost. And I think that when you get to the unmasking phase, you almost become less inhibited. It was funny because like I was, one of my really good friends is Brandy Scalache. Um, and she's uh, autistic and she's come to recognize it. And she said to me, I remember she was texting me a while back and she said, um, have you found that after you've realized you're autistic, it's harder to mask? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot harder to mask. Like once you start, like you, once you connect from that, you can't go, it's almost impossible to go back to the masking you went the way you did in the past. Because then you no longer, you, you remember how, you, you realize how much weight you were carrying around with you on a daily, weekly, hourly, minute by minute basis. And right. you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because when we mask, of course, we're we're we're. Um, this is why I want why I want to talk about the authenticness. I mean, yes. there is an authentic being autistic. There is it is being authentic. It is really being ourselves, and then the masking. You know, it's almost like. Um, we try to hide, but the fact is there's still something that people sense. You know, I've been saying for a long time now that one of the differences about autism itself is that, um, you know, speaking solely from the point of a disability, uh, when yeah. people see that someone, when someone sees somebody in a wheelchair or, or using a cane, they know that somebody's having some difficulty walking or, or moving. Yeah. With autism, it's one of those things where people sense there's something yeah. different, but they yeah, can't they quite do. put their finger on it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. And so, and go ahead. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like, I remember one time Charlie Garcia Spiegel, who's autistic, he, he and I were talking about this. You know, the whole concept of quote unquote invisible disabilities is funny because it's like, 
invisible to who, you know, because like, right. um, we do have, you, you know, there are some people who can spot like, cause even if people don't know the first thing about autism, they can sometimes see if you're spitting at it or you're, or if you're struggling or if you're trying to do, you, you know, they may not know exactly what it is, or they may think it's a deviant behavior, or they may think it's a bad thing, but they do know that it, it's, it is visible to people as much as we don't like want. And so, and conversely, I think when, um, when autistic people or otherwise neurodivergent people notice it in other autistic people, there's almost kind of this like, oh, hey, this thing you're doing, like, that you're really struggling with, don't worry. Like it's a normal thing. And, and so, so like when it becomes visible to other people, you, you know, then it becomes very different. Like I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. This is a story I write about in my book. Um, when I was a senior in college, uh, I was taking this class was by this guy by the name of Farrell Guillory. He was an amazing professor. He just recently retired. Uh, and you had to write a column every week for his class. It was in my, my, I studied journalism. And like, I remember my first assignment, I really struggled with it. And then afterward, um, like a week later, he called me, uh, he, like I was waiting to go, I was waiting for class to start and he called me into his office and I thought, oh, am I in trouble? You know, like, but then what, um, what he said was, uh, what, what he did is he closes the door he says, I just got to ask you, do you have Asperger's? Now I should say, professors do not do this. I think that's against the law, <laughs> but I think that's like a violation of FERPA or HIPAA or whatever. But, but like um, in the moment, and I, I immediately felt like Adam in the garden, you know, um, like felt very naked. But on the other, he was like, I have a grandson who's on the spectrum. I want to help you be able to like distill your thoughts. And like that was in so many ways so helpful because as much as I did, because I was hiding something and I was, I thought I was moving covertly, you know? Uh, and it turns out I wasn't, um, you know, and somebody saw you and it's, but like, instead of passing judgment, you saw the skill and the potential and wanted to help harness it. And I go back to that moment a lot, even today, and I think about that moment a lot. And uh, I think on one end, it was so terrifying. On one end, it was very inappropriate. But on the other, that was such a liberating moment. And it was so crucial to my not just to my success as a student, but to my trajectory as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think about that moment constantly. So when we talk about invisible disabilities, the question I say is like, well, invisible to who? To who, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I wanna move into my third question, which is what steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs. Now, during this year, 2023, uh, today's autistic moment is focusing on the strengths and achievements of autistic adults because 
Yeah. It has been my, 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 my feeling that we focus so much, there's so much focus on our deficits and, and stuff that we need to talk about our great tenacity. Yes. Let's talk about, let's talk about, um, you know, the strengths and the strengths that autistics do have that yeah. we can use, we can use to unmask. What, can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah. I mean, I think what's, what's, what's it's, it's really funny, you know, because I think that like when, we talk about disclosing that we're autistic. We talk about, I think that a lot of people, or when we talk about unmasking, we often think that like, okay, that means that we need more accommodations or that we're gonna be more, too difficult to handle or more to handle or things like that. But like, I've often kind of given the opposite um, uh, argument, which is like, it was funny. I, I, there was a headline I was reading right before I lost yesterday. I, barely skimmed it like I didn't even read the article but it was interesting there was this one headline of a doctor who said that like their discovering they were autistic helped them find the right field in them in the medical profession you know and help them find their niche and I think about that and I think about how um we often associate like coming out as autistic asking for accommodations asking for special needs is like asking for a lot but like the flip side is if you are not giving accommodations to a to to um to autistic people you're really not giving you're really only getting if you're an employer you're really only getting like half or even 75 percent of that person if you're lucky you know um you're not getting that person's whole potential and i think yeah. We need to reframe how we what we think how we think of accommodation. Right. We need to yeah. Rethink, we need to th yeah. think of it as a way to help autistic people and any person with a disability really to maximize their potential and right. to make yeah. them to allow them to thrive. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Two years ago, um, I had Samuel J. Levine. Um, he is a professor of law and um, a, a tremendous advocate for uh, autistic people, especially uh, uh, employment in, in the workplace. And one of the things yeah. he said on that show then was that, you know, that, that um, Among the things we need to do is we need to change the mindset so yeah. that employers employers learn to look for those the skills and talents we bring to a workplace yeah. rather than look so much at our quote deficits. So we're yeah. what we're saying what I feel what I feel like we're saying here is that unmasking our authentic autistic selves is a way of releasing or bringing forth those skills and gifts that we have that we can give to ourselves in the world. Yeah, um, it's, it, I, I, th I think, go ahead. It's unlocking a lot of things, you yeah. know? So like I can think about in my own career as a journalist, I think that even if somebody's not autistic or if somebody not, or not otherwise disabled, I think it allows me to think, you know, because a big thing about autistic people is communication, whether we're speaking or not speaking. And I think what it's given me 
is it's given me this ability to, to realize when I'm interviewing people, oh, they're communicating in a different way if they don't communicate in the way, like if they're not giving me the immediate sound bite. I think that initially, especially when I was masking early in my career, I would get impatient because it's just like, come on, I need you, you know. But now I'm realizing more and more, it's like, oh, this person is formulating. This person is communicating in a way that I may not understand, but their communication is valid or they're giving me the answer in the best way possible. And I think that allows me to, by me unmasking, I'm able to recognize different forms of communication as legitimate um, and not deviant. Uh, and I keep going back to that word deviant because I think that for the longest time, you, you know, we think of deviant as also just things that, that are just out of the norm. And in the same way, I think that what we do, with, it, it's funny. This is the point I wanted to make earlier, but I just, it, 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 uh, it slipped me, is um, it's funny how we talk about how much, we talk about accommodations, we say how oh, you have to do so much to accommodate these autistic people or these disabled people. Well, it's like, you think about it, it's just like how much masking is us accommodating neurotypical people. That's what it is at its core. It is covering up behavior that makes you feel uncomfortable at our expense. And it is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I also and I, think that part of that is, 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 is not just because of what they're not unaccommodating, but it's also, it's also a way of us not accommodating ourselves or ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It caught like, we, like, when you think, you, you know, it's like, you know, one of the things that I say, it's like, well, well, well I'm afraid of like, if, if, uh, if I unmask, then like, you know, and I think about this a lot, it's like, if I unmask, it's like, what do I lose? And then the, 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 the other thing that I think I thought of is it's like, I think about when I was early in my career and I masked a lot. I think about how hard it yeah. was to, to work. I think about how hard it was to fulfill my commitments to my friends or how hard it was to fulfill my commitments in dating or fulfilling my commitments in, uh, in my interpersonal relationships or with my family. I think about all those things that I think about how, as I've worked on unmasking, yeah, it's led to some things, you know, I'm, some things have fallen to the wayside. Absolutely. I'm not saying that it's a perfect experience. It comes at a cost, the co but the benefits outweigh the costs every day of the week. Yeah. 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 So what are some ways that you have, um, been unmasking um I, yeah i mean i think i unmask i think i mostly unmask a lot through social media um i think finding community finding community with other autistic people that's the way i unmask and like oh you do this i do this let's do this together you know um i think uh find you know i'm fortunate that i live in a city with a lot of other autistic people that i can kind of hang out with i think that's really important I think that um, I, I understand, I understand when I need to be, I need to give a break to myself. I understand when I need to 
obviously like if I offend somebody with a statement or something like that, then like I obviously apologize, but like I give myself the permission to stim in public because like one of the things that, again, to the point about accommodating, it's like, um, we often think about like, oh, well, somebody is stimming and that's kind of embarrassing and this is, you, you know, it's in a public setting. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, if they didn't, my, my, my counter argument to a lot of people is like, well, if your kid doesn't stim, then they're not going to be able to make it to go to that function, you know, you, you right. know because it's just going to be too much. So I think allowing myself to stim is really important. Um, allowing myself to not be conscientious of the way I talk or the way I present myself is really, uh, is really important. Um, and I think it's also just, it goes back to what Devin writes about in his book. It's like thinking about those times where I feel completely relaxed and what it took for me to get there. And I think about how right. do I make those a constant experience? So that, those are really, yeah. those are all really things. And, and I should say, you know, it's funny because it's like somebody asked me early on during the book promo, like, uh, Oh, like, when did you kind of overcome your internalized ableism and get to the point where you are now? I'm like, I'll let you know when I finally do, you know? <laughs> so it's, it is a constant <laughs> continuous experience. So. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. the other part of it is I don't, is I try not to be too hard on myself. And I recognize again, all of the ways the world pressures us to mask. And I think about the times and I think about that. And then I think about, okay, this, this is how these things come about. And, but now that I'm more conscious of it, that, that allows mm -hmm. me to give myself a break. After this final commercial break, Eric and I will talk about how the wave of bills that prohibit gender-affirming care all over the country are making it difficult for autistics everywhere to unmask. Right after that, today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org. Dr. Devin Price will join me for our Pride Month special episode on June 4th, what successfully autistic and queer really means. When most people hear the words successfully autistic and queer, they digress to what those words mean from a neurotypical, ableist, and straight point of view of what success is. Dr. Devin Price, who is the author of the books, Unmasking Autism, Discovering the New Faces of Neurodiversity, and Laziness Does Not Exist, will talk about what being successful as autistics and queer really means. 
On June 18th, I will be joined by Darren Howard, who is the Deputy Director at the Autism Society of Minnesota for the episode, Autistic Fathers Celebrate Father's Day 2. In a society where neurotypicals are normal and ableism is accepted on a conscious and subconscious level, a father is the masculine breadwinner in the family who is a model of self-discipline and ingenuity. Darren will talk about what being an autistic father means for him. July will be the start of the second annual Summer of Self-Care series. On July 2nd, I will be joined by Matthew Lawrence, the hashtag actually autistic coach for self-care through creating good boundaries. Autistics have the right to have boundaries that keep us safe from abuse. Autistics are often told that we do not keep the boundaries of others, but we have neurotypicals violating our boundaries all the time. Matthew Lawrence is a life coach who works with autistics to develop good boundaries. Join Matthew and I as we talk about the boundaries that autistics need for our personal health. Check out the Future Shows page on todaysautisticmoment.com for all upcoming shows. Do you have any topic ideas for future episodes of Today's Autistic Moment? Go to the Contact Us page on todaysautisticmoment.com and submit your topic suggestions. Go to the page for Be My Guest to submit a guest intake form if you would like to be a guest. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. As we prepare to wrap this up, I want to talk with you about um, about some articles that you've re recently written, and I wrote a blog recently about this matter. Um, yeah. In the most recent uh, weeks and months of this year, we yeah. have seen a lot of anti-trans bills being pushed through about yes. about, 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 about capping or prohibiting uh, gender-affirming care. And in yes. fact, I, I, I saw the one article that you wrote for MSNBC about what's happened in Georgia. And as yes. I say, I, I, I wrote my own blog about, you know, how anti, you know, anti-trans bills are harming autistics. Yeah. Especially as, as we're walking into Pride Month following this show, we need to emphasize that when one part of our autistic community is affected, it really does affect all of us. And what's oh. happening with the trans, wait a minute, what's happening with the trans, trans community affects so many of us because of how many trans people are in fact autistic. Let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about that as we as we prepare to end this. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about it. Let's and let's tie it into masking, right? You know, 
Um, yes, absolutely. Because like, I mean, I think that because like, so uh, hold on, let me pull up, uh, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to pull up the exact text of that Georgia bill, just to be uh, j- yeah. just so I can, I can specifically reference it. So mm-hmm. the uh, so okay, so I have it right in front of me. So what's interesting is in this, for those who don't know, there was a recent, uh, I guess in late March, because we're just talking about when we're when this piece this thing airs uh there was a clock georgia's republican legislature signed passed legislation that the governor signed that said and what was interesting is that there was the, the law included a clause that said quote gender dysphoria is often comorbid with other mental health and developmental conditions including autism spectrum disorder and uh. that was somebody dm'd me that um as it was getting passed and it fascinated me because, it, I mean, it, it, it a lot raised up the alarm bells because what it did, it, it, these kind of unblinking alarm bells, because think about it this way. Um, if you are autistic and trans, and I say this, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cisgender heterosexual guy. I don't know what it's like to be trans, but like I thought about it. I thought about it in my head. I thought, oh, well, what this means is that if trans people, if an autistic trans person wants to transition, that means they're going to have to mask their autistic parts of themselves in order to be taken seriously. Because then immediately, the moment that they present themselves as autistic, or even if they have a diagnosis, that's going to be used against them in arguing against them receiving gender affirming care. Conversely, if trans people recognize they are autistic, immediately what that's going to do is that's going to um, prevent them from wanting to present that part of themselves or understand that's going to be a roadblock to them unmasking. Yes, yes, absolutely. So on either side of that fence, of that trajectory, they're going to be forced to mask. And what they're going to be forced to do is choose which part of themselves they can reveal to the world. And that is scary. It it is frightening. Yes. You know, so I think that's, I think those are, those are the stakes. And I think the other thing, and this is the other part of it is that, um, this using the autism diagnosis as an, what it is, and I think I want to be, if I can be as blunt as possible, what it is, it's also delegitimizing autistic people articulating their needs. Because then it's like, well, they're autistic. So they don't understand what they, they don't understand what they want for themselves. It's a really... It's a scary thing. It's a dangerous thing for a lot of autistic people. So, mm. And just given the, the, yeah, the, well, the overlap yeah. communities. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I have I have been saying for quite a while now that there is a a tremendous amount of, of of LGBT people who are also autistic. And I have often been suspicious that i would be surprised i said i remember i wrote this as a comment to one of your posts on twitter 
but yeah. I would be I, I would not be surprised if some some have already started to make the insidious um, suggestion that that autistic and diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, of course, they're going to happen because they're quote both disorders. Because we know that in 1973, actually, that's when um, it was when when homosexuality was removed from yes. removed as a disorder. Yes. And so because we now have that we have this atmosphere that continues to be hostile to LGBTQ people and autistic people. Um, you know, and this the and the, the point is is that we are still having some people making decisions of law, also decisions of personal personal nature because based on this the the uh as we call the the, the um pathological approach and yeah. another another person that is at, that is going to be on in the fall is going to be nick walker the yeah. uh author of neuroqueer heresies well, this is why it's so important to separate the neurodiversity paradigm from the pathological paradigm yeah yeah, I mean, well, 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 first of all, I'm glad that that's happening. I'm glad that you're going to have uh, Nick on. Uh, I, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I've thought about a lot lately. And it was like, it was one of the things, it was funny because like I was at, um, I first noticed it when I was right, finishing my book and I noticed J.K. Rowling mentioned it in her like weird anti-trans manifesto, whatever thing. Uh, well. And then when I was at CPAC, Servant of Political Action Conference for my day job, earlier this month, and this is early March for people who are listening, um, whenever this airs, uh, I heard Marjorie Taylor Greene say the same thing. And it was like, my ears perked up. I was like, oh, it made itself stateside. It made, it made its way stateside. And it is a very concerning thing because as you say, it's like, it. the only way that this can exist is if autism exists in this pathological paradigm. Right. And I think that's where what where they need to be separate. Like you, you know, to your point, it's like a point that my friend Michael Hobbs um, makes. It's that like it's funny that we lived in a time that there was a time that autism was in the DSM as a separate from schizophrenia, and homosexuality was in the DSM. And yeah. it's a, you know, and, and, and that says a lot about our changing understanding. But but, but, but yeah, no, it is, it is very concerning. It is very concerning. Yeah. 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 And, and and among the reasons we need to be unmasking ourselves is because we need to bring forth that social connection that yes. being unique unique is not bad. It's just different. And that difference is not bad. It's just again unique. And and part of what's happening within our political structures around these things is that you know once again we're stressing being unique there's something um you know <laughs> as david graham and so rightly says the word disorder is a social construct and therefore yes. also being unique is also a social construct yeah you yeah. know absolutely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, Eric Garcia, I thank you so much for uh, being here today. And, and while this has been a great conversation about unmasking, and let's, you know, I want to end this by saying that um, I we know 
it can be really difficult to unmask. Is, yes. But I also want to say, I want to want to say, the more of us that do unmask, it's it's a little like uh, back in the days when when we started coming out as as gay and lesbians and that sort of thing, that the more more people know that we're there, the more people will come to know what it is, all the gifts that there is in autistic people as well as people of diverse sexual orientations and gender identities and yeah. and ethnic 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 group ethnic groups yeah, yeah that's absolutely that's thing, you know yeah, yeah. It, it's very hard to say this stuff about a group of people when they're when they're in front of you when they're among you you know right and i and, and i hope that that changes that's all i can say is that I, that it, it can no longer the one thing the good thing about, I mean, the, the the thing in Georgia was 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 scary, but like one of the good things that I recognize that I am, I recognize I am so fortunate, is that I have a platform where I can tweet this out, where I can write about it for a major publication. That is an immense privilege, and that is an immense um, responsibility. And I take that responsibility very seriously, but I also recognize that that is a big change from even 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Eric, thank you for being on today. Thank and, you for having um, me. All right. You're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events with their links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Join the Autism Society of Minnesota for their Adult Coffee Club. The next coffee clubs will be on Tuesday nights from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Dogwood Coffee in St. Paul on June 6th, June 20th, July 11th, July 25th, August 8th, and August 22nd. Please RSVP at AUSM.org. The Autism Society of Minnesota is now accepting applications to be a presenter at the Autistic Community Summit in October 2023. Go to the web link on todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash to read the information and apply before June 30th. For more information, including the Summer Recreation Catalog with all of the sensory-friendly activities at the Autism Society Minnesota, go to AUSM.org. Matthew, the hashtag Actually Autistic Coach, has room in his Finding Your Autistic Self group coaching groups. In the groups, participants learn about unmasking strategies, coping tools, burnout and post-burnout support, and much more. Go to AutisticCoach.com and click on Autism Groups for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to LookingForwardLC.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is here because of the generosity of the supporters and sponsors. Please join the supporters by clicking on Support Today's Autistic Moment on todaysautisticmoment.com. 
If you work for a company and or organization that supports autistic adults and the movement for neurodiversity, I would love to have you sponsor ads on the show. If you would like to sponsor an ad and or have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day. All of the guests meet with me on Zoom to record the interviews. The podcast is created and prepared on Spotify for Podcasters. The music that you hear is licensed to Today's Autistic Moment by PremiumBeat.com.